0: Do I deal with people right now? People are crazy, are they not? And we're living in stressful times. And before I get into dealing with them, let's talk about you. Let me ask you something this morning, because this this is where you have to start in dealing with other people. Are you taking care of yourself spiritually? Because most people aren't. You wonder why churches are so dysfunctional? Hello, you got a whole lot of people who worship Jesus on Sunday, but they ain't living right at all Monday through Saturday. Are you taking care of yourself spiritually? Hello, it got quiet in this Methodist church this morning. <laughs> Are you taking care of your... Y'all know the Methodists back in the day were wild and crazy. They were wilder than the Pentecostals. They used to call them the shouting Methodists. Churches change over time, don't they? Because people change. But I want to know, are you taking care of yourself spiritually? Here's something that, that I know that you'll never forget. It may be the only thing you remember today, but I hope you remember something. Okay? When you are stressed out and you have no patience with people, It's probably because you're missing two ingredients, okay? And I was going to call it P-A-W, prayer and the word, but I thought you might remember it more if I called it W-A-P, the word and prayer. Some of y'all remember that. Word and prayer, that's what the two ingredients that you're missing in your life if you're finding yourself frustrated and angry at everything. I found myself there the other day. I mean, I was so aggravated that everything was getting on my nerves. The wind was blowing the wrong way and hit me in the face, and I got mad at the wind. Nobody ever did like that. The Holy Spirit said, okay, have you been in the Word? Have you been praying today? Uh Uh-oh. Nope. Are you taking care of yourself fiercely? Are you spending time in the Word of God? Now, I'm not talking about what so many people do. You read your verse of the day, check it off the list, and keep going. Are you taking intentional time sitting down with the Word of God and saying, God, teach me by your Word? Are you taking time to pray? Because I found myself so frustrated, so aggravated. Thank God I was all alone, not, not interacting with the public. I said, okay, God, I've got to take time out and pray. And I prayed until my attitude changed. So let me ask you something, because if you're having conflict with everybody in your life, maybe the problem's not them. Are you taking care of yourself spiritually? Are you in the Word and prayer? Now let's get into the business of other people. Okay, One of the most controversial statements ever made about dealing with other people is, It's something that Jesus Himself said in Luke 6.27. He said this, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Well, that's tough, isn't it? Jesus is radical. God's ways are not our ways, and our thoughts are not God's thoughts. You see, God's systems work the opposite of this world's systems. Anybody learn that? This world says, if you want to be wealthy, take. God says, if you want to be wealthy, give. The world says, love those who love you back. God says, love everybody, even those who hate you. Come on, tell somebody, Jesus said, love your enemy. The New Testament, which was written in Greek, in the Greek language, there are four primary words for love. to so all the New Testament police on YouTube. Okay, I know there are other words, but there are four main ones in the Greek language. The first is storge. Somebody say storge. Okay, that's family love, familial love. Then you have eros. Okay, eros. That's the sensual love. That's the boom, chicka, wow, wow kind of love. That's how you do it. <laughs> Then you have Philia, which is brotherly love, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, city of brotherly love, but then there's a fourth kind of love that is unique from all the rest. It's a love that is so strong and so pure that with it you can love the unlovable. You can show kindness to those who hate you, you can reach out and love to those who mistreat you, and the Greek word for this is agape, so I'm going to say agape. Agape is unconditional love. It is the God kind of love. In our human nature, we love those who love us. We love those who are nice to us. We love people who agree with us, but agape love is totally unconditional. That's God's kind of love, and it only comes from Him. We find the word agape in 1 John chapter 4. It says this, dear friends, let us love agape. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Love is not only what God does and what He gives. Love is His identity. Love is who He is. To so tell somebody, God is love. God is love. And as believers, as born-again Christians, we call ourselves what? Children of? Okay, so if you are children of God and God is love, at some point there ought to be some family resemblance. Tell me y'all got that. If you're a child of God and God is love, you ought to resemble your father, (laughs) Hello, if God is love and we're really His children, then we ought to be full of love too because the Bible says whoever does not love does not go know God. You can't convince me that you're a Christian when you're mean as the devil. I don't think so. You can't call yourself a child of God if you're being hateful and critical and mean all the time. If you're really a child of God, that means you've got the love of God, the agape kind of love inside of you. The Bible says that as a believer that the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. 2 Corinthians 13 says that we are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit inside of you is transforming you, making you more like Jesus all the time, and I wanted to show you the very first thing the Holy Spirit produces in your life, Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is very first thing on the list. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Romans 5.5 5 tells us that God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Anybody heard that song, Old Time Religion? I love this old, old song, and I love that verse. It makes me love everybody. (laughs) Not because I want to, because I got to. The Holy Spirit inside of me won't let me hate you. Come on. It makes me love everybody. It's not me. It's the Spirit of God inside of me, because God has poured out His love in my heart by His Holy Spirit. No, I thank God for His love. I thank, I thank God that He loves me. I thank God that His love is shed abroad in my heart and that He fills me with His love. Hallelujah. But people test me sometimes. They'll test you, won't they? Come on, they'll test the Jesus in you. You say, I got Jesus in my heart, they'll find out how much you got, won't they? <laughs> people will push you. Difficult people will take you to a place where your love runs out. That's why we need His love on the inside. Amen? And if you're a born-again believer, a little bit of conflict and a little bit of opposition with somebody will reveal what's inside of you. Okay? In that moment, God is going to test you to see what you're going to do. Either you're going to get in the flesh, your old self, your sinful nature, your human nature, or you're going to obey the Holy Spirit. It's like a spiritual drug test, if you will. Okay, a drug test determines what's already in your system. You don't have to study for a drug test. (laughs) Why? Because it finds out what's already there. And when you're stressed out, when you're under pressure, when you're face-to-face with a difficult person and you get pushed past your limits, that's when I'm going to find out what's really in your heart. Okay, it's a God test. Tell somebody, it's a God test. (laughs) And a God test will determine, are you full of God or are you full of something else? Because there is no halfway with God. Almost doesn't count in the kingdom of God. You you can't have a little bit of the Holy Spirit and a whole lot of selfishness. You can't have a, a little bit of Jesus and a whole lot of worldliness. You can't have a little bit of God and a whole lot of hatred. The Bible says that our God is a jealous God, and that's a good thing. That means that God will not share you with anything else. He won't share you with the devil. He won't share you with the world. He won't share you with racism. He won't share you with lust. He won't share you with greed, with selfish ambitions and wrong attitudes. Come on, tell somebody to take the test. I want you to be ready to take the test and pass the test because we're all under pressure right now with all that's going on in the world of racism and violence and wars and a global pandemic and gas prices and grocery prices and gas prices and also gas prices. A lot of you guys are facing personal battles right now, and here's what I've learned. When we're under pressure, people tend to act as fools, don't they? When you're really going through something, it seems like everybody around you, instead of helping and encouraging, just trying to bring drama to the table. So here's, here's how we're going to pass the test. We're going to look at Romans chapter 12. And I've got really short points today. Don't worry. Don't get nervous. I've got 10 ways that we can pass the test. But they're short points, they're little, like, little chicken nuggets, little bite-sized points. Huh? Don't get nervous in the service. Amen. All right. 10 ways in Romans chapter 12 that we can deal with people right now. You ready? Number one, bless them instead of cursing them. Bless and don't curse. Somebody say, bless and don't curse. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. That Greek word bless is eulegeo. From two words, you, which means good, and legeo, which means speech. Okay, eulageo is where we get the word eulogy from, okay? And by the way, I saw a Presbyterian church, they had a sign out front that said, you better live right so we don't have to lie at your funeral. (laughs) Eulageo means speech that is good, okay? When they cut you down with speech that is bad, you build them up with speech that is good. Okay, in the world, if somebody says you're stupid, what are you going to say? Your mama's stupid. But now that you're a Christian, that same person says you're stupid, the Holy Spirit inside of you says, "Uh Uh-uh, I'm not going to curse you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pray for you. Uh Uh-huh. And you can't pray. God killed them. (laughs) You got to bless them. Number one, bless and Don't curse. Number two, put yourself in their shoes. It's so important verse 15 rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. You never know what somebody's going through. When people come at you, you can still have compassion on them because our normal response from to difficult people is to resent their success and celebrate their failures. But that is so wrong. That is not our priority as children of God. Proverbs twenty-four seventeen. Do not gloat when your enemy falls. When they stumble, do not let your heart rejoice, or the Lord will see and disapprove. Bible says, Don't be happy when the person that's coming against you goes through something. Uh-uh. God's watching that. No matter how difficult that person is, there's still a person that God loves. There's still a person that Jesus died for. Hello. You never know what somebody's going through. They're acting mean. They're acting rude. But they might be hurting on the inside. Number three, don't play favorites. Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. This verse literally reads in the Greek, think the same way towards everybody. Oh, if the world would only live by that verse. Think the same way towards everybody. In other words, think the same thing about that person as you would yourself. Don't live a double standard. When I say don't play favorites, everybody's got one favorite they love more than anybody else, and it's the person in the mirror. (laughs) Come on, give them the same benefit that you would give yourself. If it's good for you, it's good for them. If it's bad for you, it's bad for them. Because the problem is most of us judge others by their actions, and we judge ourselves by our intentions. We judge others by a much stricter standard. The Bible says that God will judge us based on how we judge others. That's reason enough. Not to be judgmental. Amen. <laughs> if you want mercy, you have to show mercy. If you want forgiveness, you have to forgive. Number four, try helping instead of judging. <laughs> try that boys. You might like it. Try helping instead of judging. Verse 16, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people people of low position. The attitude of a Christian should never be, I'm better than you. Instead, our attitude should be, let me meet you where we where you are so I can help you. Isn't that what God did for us? I said, isn't that what God did for us? He met us where we were so he could help us. Hello? Don't be condescending. Don't look down at people. reach down and help them because if it wasn't for the grace of God, that could be you. Number five, don't be a (laughs) know-it-all. Oh, come on, have a little fun. Tell your neighbor, don't be a know-it-all. Some of them have been waiting for years to say that. Don't be a know-it-all. Verse 16 says this, do not be conceited. Don't spend all your time arguing with people trying to prove to them that you're right. (laughs) Okay, also never argue with an idiot because those listening might not be able to tell you apart. (laughs) Tell me all, just need to stop arguing all the time. Okay, I, I learned this from my daddy, and he learned this from his daddy. I'd rather win souls than win arguments. Can I say that again? I'd rather win souls than win arguments. A lot of people need to know that, need to understand that. The Apostle Paul, one of the most brilliant, highly educated men of ancient times, said this, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ and him crucified. Lay down your need to argue and be right all the time. Be a fool and don't know nothing except Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. Win souls, not arguments. Remember that people are not the enemy. Ephesians says this: We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Number six, don't lash out at them. Verse 17 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Watch Bene tells a true story about a Chinese Christian who owned a rice paddy right next to one owned by a communist man. In order to irrigate his rice paddy, the Christian pumped water out of a nearby canal by using one of those leg operated water pumps. Looks like a little bicycle. Okay, and he made the the water would appear, and he would sit on it. Rather by like, oh, he'd pump it every day, and after he pumped enough water to fill his field, the communists would come out and remove some boards and take all of his water to water his own fields. Well, this process this process continued day after day, and finally, the Christian man said, "Lord, if this keeps on, I'm going to lose all my rice and maybe in, even my field. I've got a family to care for. God, what should I do?" So the next morning. By the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, he rose up earlier, much earlier than he had ever before and started pumping water into the field of his communist neighbor first and then water into his own rice patty. And in a few weeks, both fields were doing well. But here's the amazing thing. The communist neighbor had become a Christian. Imagine the difference you can make in your family, in your neighborhood, in the workplace, in our community, if you don't repay evil with evil. Don't lash out at them. Number seven, think about what's good for others. Verse 17 says, be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. I know it's like to face difficult people when. Uh, my wife and I, we, I've uh, shared this before, we went through two two years of prayer about where God was leading us in ministry, and after those two, uh, we had we had two years where uh, one old preacher said it was hell in the well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, Joan was in the well for three days, we were, we were in the well for two years, we were praying and fasting and seeking God, and God said Goldsboro. He led us to the only place we said we'd never live. Because, you know, we grew up not far from here. We ain't never going to move to Goldsboro. I said, are you going to Goldsboro? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. But we answered the call of God, and we stepped down from ministry positions in Wilmington, and we were coming here, and we just had so much peace in the Spirit knowing that God led us where He was calling us. But the, the night that we stepped down... <laughs> Somebody came and slashed my tires. And you know the joke's on me because I was buying you, you tired of tires at the time. It didn't really set me back much. <laughs> I got up that morning and I knew I knew who did it. And somebody said, You know what? How dare they do that to you? You should have called the police and had them arrested and all And you know what? I, I could have. Had a right to do that. But this man had a family. He didn't need that, and it wasn't worth it to me for some old used tires. <laughs> I don't recommend anybody ever buy a used tires unless you really have to. Amen. But think about what's good for others. Instead of getting all high and mighty that I have a right to see him, suffer. I was like, you know what? It's not worth it for me. That's not what's best for his family. I might not care for him, but I care for his kids. Think about what's good for others. Don't get pulled into the fight. Sometimes you need to shut up and let God fight you. That's a word from the Lord for somebody. I I won't tell you to tell your neighbor that because I don't want it to be an awkward lunch today. But I'll tell you that myself. Sometimes you need to shut your mouth and let God fight your battle. Seven, think about what's good for others. Bless your enemies. Number eight, live in peace as much as possible. (laughs) I love this verse because it's so gracious. It gives us a way of escape. Okay, verse eighteen: If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, come on, point your neighbor and say, "You." Hallelujah! One of my favorite verses in the Bible. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. You can't get along with everybody. <laughs> Some people are going to be difficult no matter how nice you are, no matter how kind you are, no matter how forgiving you are, no matter how much you bless them and pray for them and do good to them. Some people are just going to be difficult anyway. Guess what? Be nice anyhow. You might not be able to make that person get along with you. You might not be able to live peaceably with them, but you'll have peace in your heart knowing that you did everything in your power to do what's right in the sight of God. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Number nine. Almost done. We're going to beat the badness to the buffet today. Amen. Number nine. Cancel all plans for revenge. Cancel all plans for revenge. Verse 19 says this Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Child of God, it is not your job to get even. Hear me, it's not your job to get even. You were not designed to handle revenge. That's why God says, hands off. Vengeance is mine. I'll take care of it. You leave it alone. Because if you try to take out vengeance yourself, it's going to make you bitter and it's going to make your heart sick. Let God handle the revenge because He is the only fair judge. Do not try to do God's job for him. Cancel all plans for revenge. Come on, say that. Cancel all plans for revenge. Oh, yeah, three of you said that. All right, now I'm going to make it personal. Come on, raise your hand in the air and say, right now, I cancel all my revenge plans. Amen. Now, praise God for that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Get rid of all your revenge plans because I don't know about y'all, but I'm a plotter. Boy, somebody messes me up, they ain't never gonna see it coming. I got all, I got this uh, 48 step plan that the CIA would be embarrassed over. Cancel all plans for revenge. Stop being sneaky. And number ten, this is my last one: fight evil. With good. Verse 21 Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't allow evil to overcome you. Overcome evil with good. The answer to hate is not more hate. The answer to gossip is not more gossip. They talk about you. Don't go out talking about them. Come on. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. If they talk bad about you. I dare you to go around spreading good rumors about them. That's what the Bible says. The answer to, more, to gossip is not more gossip. The answer to hate is not more hate. The answer to racism is not more racism. The answer to violence is not more violence. The answer to unforgiveness is not more unforgiveness. You know, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die from it. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen? Will you stand this morning? I want to ask my wife to come and pray over you today, and we have come into a moment of worship and just allow the Holy Spirit to search your hearts.
1: Lord, we just thank you, Father, for today. God, I just thank you for this own time word. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that in this moment, Lord, that you just search our hearts, Father. Lord, if there's any unforgiveness that we're holding on, God, we release it to you, Father. Lord, any bitterness that we've allowed, Lord, I thank you, Father, for freedom in that bitterness. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you help us To be people of mercy and of grace. God, to be people that show your love. Lord, I help you. Lord, help us to be able to forgive easily. That we don't continue to hold on to it, but Lord, that we release it. God, help us to be kind in an unkind world, Father. God, help us to be that loving person that the world needs to see, Father. And, Lord, I pray right now that Jesus heal hurt and pain that other people have caused. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are the healer. And, Lord, this morning, I thank you, Father, Lord, for just healing our hearts, Lord. Lord, for just touching our hearts, for giving us peace. Lord, I thank you, Father, that that hurts and that pain that we don't replay over and over in our minds. But this morning, God, right now, in this moment, that hurt we put at your feet. We lay it at your feet, Father. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for healing us. Lord, for helping us to be able to forgive those that do us wrong, Lord. And Lord, help us to pray for our enemies, God. Help us to bless them and not curse them, Father. God, help us to see those that have done us wrong in the eyes of you, Father. God, give us spiritual eyes that we see what those people are going through, Father, and that we're able to have compassion and understanding, Father. That we're not quick to judgment, Lord. And Lord, I ask that you help us to forgive ourselves for anyone that we've caused pain to, Father. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you soften our hearts. And Lord, that anybody that we cause hurt to, Father, Lord, that we repent. And God, that we learn from those mistakes, Father, and that we don't continue to hurt people and to lash out and to be angry and to be mean, God. But Lord, that we're loving and we're kind, Father, and we have self control. And Lord, I thank you that you help us to always follow the example that Jesus sets. Lord, to walk in love and to bless those that curse us, Father. And Lord, I thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that any person in here that has bitterness, God, I thank you that they're letting it go in the name of Jesus. That it will no longer control their life. That it will no longer control their decisions, Father. But Lord, that they are set free of that that bitterness. And Lord, that they forgive for themselves, not for the other person. Lord, that we let it go and quit holding on to the things that have hurt us, that we quit holding on to it as an excuse, but God, that we let it go, Father, and that it's no longer our identity, but God, that we're set free in the name of Jesus, and Lord, I thank you for that. And I bind the works of the enemy that keeps trying to keep us bound. In the name of Jesus' Satan, I bind you. I bind bitterness. I bind unforgiveness. I bind the spirit of anger. I bind everything that the enemy is trying to send to come against us. And God, I thank you for freedom in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for setting some people free this morning. Things that they've been holding on to, Father, I think that they're letting go. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we just rejoice? Can we just be thankful for forgiveness? God forgave us so we can forgive other people because we are undeserving of that forgiveness. And you know, as much as he loves us, as wrong as we have been sometimes, God is so gracious that he sent his son to die on the cross so that we would be promised eternity. And I'm so grateful for that. And I want to give you the opportunity this morning. If you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, today is your opportunity. God's not asking for you to be perfect. He's just asking for you to come to him and surrender. He'll do the rest. So this morning, if you'll repeat after me, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I believe in you. Save me. Set me free. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. And with your help, I'm going to live for you forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God some glory. Let's just worship Him for just another moment. Lord, you are worthy of our grace. You conquered the grace. Lord, we just paid you.